Welcome back to the NFL Draft. And with the first round. Who in the hell is Mel Kiper? Who in the hell is Mel Kiper? All right, everybody. Welcome back to the Rough Draft Podcast, episode number five. Matt Ginatino here in Long Island and Andy Pryles up in Babson College, Maryland, uh, Massachusetts. Excuse me. We have a very exciting day today. A big guest, uh, Matthias McKinnon, running back from Wagner. Big day yesterday at Fordham Pro Day. I thought he stole the show. Matthias, what's going on? How are you, bud? I'm good, just uh, resting up from yesterday, big day. Absolutely, absolutely. So you you took place and uh, you took part in Wagner's Pro Day. Yeah. Right? And then you took uh, part yesterday, of course, in Fordham's Pro Day. Do you have any other Pro Days lined up? Uh, I'm thinking about the Test Pro Day. Okay. Uh, I, did, I did the regional combine, like, uh, I think, I believe it was January uh, 25th. I did that, but I'm thinking about the – the pro day at test because that's where I trained at. So yeah, I'm still trying to think about that and see if that's going to go through. Yeah, test test is a great place. Um, now, of course, you know you're a, a smaller school guy. Although Wagner football is on the rise, yeah. um, how do you you know what do you take from your time at Wagner and how it's prepared you for the next level? Uh, just the the whole preparation from freshman year just. I mean, growing as a young man and and just learning from everybody above, like from the other guys that some guys I trained with and that's in the NFL now are still fighting in and out. It's just the preparation and learning from the elders. Right, absolutely. Now, out of high school, you're an Albany kid, right, I read? Yeah, yeah. Albany guy. Now, were you highly recruited out of uh, high school or what? Yeah, it was It was like a, like a, a love, and, love and hate thing because um, – Cause I was I wasn't really strong with my academics. Mm-hmm. Like um, my junior year, I was getting like a lot of invites to these camps and a lot of uh, uh, attention from these big schools. And then at one point, uh, junior year, I started getting these offers. Then when they come to the clearinghouse, I wasn't uh, able to get cleared. So I had to kind of like strap down on my bookwork and then. Find so find the next step to what I'm gonna do to pursue if I wanted to go Division One. That was my goal. So I had to uh, find a prep school I wanted to go to down there in uh, North Carolina, Matthews. Okay. So it was a little small prep school. Good. That's great. And then obviously helps you get on to Wagner, um, where you know you did did some good things there. You know we uh, we watched your tape after yesterday's pro day after you got our attention. Um, and, you know, saw some great things. And obviously, like we said yesterday, the numbers speak for themselves. Um, you know, 36 and a half inch on the vert. Uh, was it 10, 10, six on the, was it 10, six on the vert or the broad, excuse me? Yeah. 10, six on the, uh, on the broad. And you put up 18, I believe on the bench. Yes. You said 18. So you put up. Uh, I don't know if you know this, but some DNs put those numbers up today on their pro day. So for for a running back, that's that's exciting stuff, man. Um, that's exciting stuff. You're, you know, I saw an explosive athlete um, who definitely, you know, you could catch the ball out of the backfield. I saw that. Um, and you know, Andy, what what are some things you know you saw when you know, watching Matthias's game? You want to kind of ask him about? I definitely agree with you, especially in the screen game. Uh, he was elusive, broke tackles. He was shrugging off these players and uh, definitely had some deep speed to go along with it. And uh, Matthias, what do you think uh, your biggest strength to your game is? And who at the next level do you compare your game to? Uh, uh, my my biggest strength, I believe, is pass protection. I'm a huge pass protector. And then, and also I'm a huge uh, special teams guy. So I like to get go around the field so I can get that attention from everybody, you know, that the small kids, small small uh, school guys, not just on the field just to catch the ball, but he also could do multiple things on the field. And uh, I really compare myself to um, trying to think. Uh, I like my favorite player is Adrian Peterson, but I like Levon Bell running style, so I'm gonna I'm go with Levon Bell. <laughs> Absolutely, that's a that's a good guy to compare yourself to, uh, <laughs> especially if you're gonna catch the ball and. Um, you know, like you said, pass protection and special teams, you know, that's obviously a big part of the game for, 
for a rookie to pick up and to get on the field. You know, you need to do those two things. Um, we saw a lot of scouts represented yesterday, Giants, Jets, Colts, Jaguars, Texans, Lions, um, you know, Redskins, a um, couple other guys represented. Have you heard from any other teams, you know, especially yesterday? Did anyone, has anyone contacted you at all? Uh, uh, yes, uh, my agent, he, uh, I guess the, uh, the Jets, like he'd been back and forth contact with them guys. So okay. I'm not sure if they, like a few teams going to set up like a little private workout or either I'm going to um, go to their local day. So we still like just trying to hear out and see what the feedback is. We're just sitting, just staying, uh, staying in shape and things like that. Right. Absolutely. Now, if let's say for argument's sake, uh, NFL team doesn't come calling, is the the CFL an option for you? Have you been in any contact with those guys at all in in Canada? Uh, yes, yes. My uh, agent, he uh, he sends out all my information across the board. So. So uh, if the NFL don't work, definitely a CFL would be a choice uh, of a uh, play. Right, absolutely. So what would now, looking to your game now, something that you want to improve on on the next level, what would you say that would be? Because, um, you know, of course, you know, everyone, you know, at this level, you know, has flaws and, you know, to pick up some things and clean some stuff up. What would that be for you? Uh I try to I try to say I'm, I'm pretty strong in every area, but the most uh most I could say I could be dynamic in is uh the, the passing game as in like I mean use me use me more in the passing game because uh my coach usually my coaches say I'm a strong runner, but I want to uh, be more elusive in my passing game and uh, shock shock the fans and shock the people that don't think I could be elusive in that. Absolutely, yeah. So. You know, obviously, you know, we want to get your name out there. Uh, we were excited to, you know, see you yesterday. Where, you know, I talked to one of your teammates. Um, so, and, you know, I wish I could have spoke to you yesterday as well, but, you know, you were, uh, you know, busy, of course, off, I think, with a couple of scouts at the time and, and you know, uh, in the middle of doing what you got to do. But, um, you know, there was no doubt about it. You were the, the best athlete on the field yesterday um, and that it showed, to be honest with you. Um, and you know, we want to just get this out there for your sake and, and to help you out. Um, what's one thing that you want to, you know, reflect on with your time at Wagner that, you know, will help you for the next level, would you say? Uh, just the film study of this, the study in the defense and, uh, different, uh, yeah, def different defense and different setups that they have on that side of the ball. Just, I mean, but I feel like the smarter I get with the defense, the more, the more I could uh, hurt teams and, and get 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 between their weaknesses and things like that, things of that nature. Just just keep working, studying film. I should say would be key for me. Absolutely, absolutely. Now, what's wrapping up? What would you say will be the final thing that you want scouts, NFL GMs, you know, teams to know? What do you want everyone to know about? Matthias McKinnon, what kind of football player are they getting? Are they getting a guy who loves football, who's going to, you know, Jim Rat, last one, you know, first one in, last one out kind of guy? Yeah, yeah, I always, I always been that. I always been that type of guy, that hard worker that, I mean, that always just was always just uh, working hard and trying to just push myself to the limits, even off the field on my spare time. I would probably just go study film or go to the gym or just work on the little things. Just to just to make me better as a uh, athlete on the field and and definitely a person, just so I could so I could uh, be have an edge on them guys that I'm uh, competing with. Cause, uh, I love the that's why I love the game because it's so much competition, and uh and it gave me it gave me that that desire and that hunger to uh to go out and uh do do what I do best and just keep striving for the hard work that I love to put in. So Absolutely. Never a doubt in my uh, mind that that I have I have a different willing towards this game compared to the other guys in bigger schools or anywhere. So I just love to compete, and once I touch the field, it's like a whole different mindset of hunger that, uh, that I strive for every time. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, I again, like I said, you know that that competitive edge that you talk about that you have in your game. 
was definitely on display yesterday, and it was uh, quite obvious. So caught my eye, and I know caught a couple of scouts' eyes. You know, I heard from from them talking, and of course, I'm sure that will be relayed to your agent and onto yourself. So, uh, Matthias, we appreciate the time. Um, we really enjoyed having you on. Hopefully, you know, we'll hear from you as this draft process continues. And, uh, you know, hopefully we'll get to see you uh, on Sundays in the NFL. Thank you. I appreciate you having me on, both of you guys. Uh, wish you best of luck on, on your uh, journey and definitely stay in contact. Thanks, brother. Same to you. Thank you. All right. All right. Thank you to Matthias McKinnon from Wagner for joining the program. We appreciate it very much. As always, our second guest. So we are on the rise here at the Rough Draft Podcast. Looking forward to hopefully more guests. Say again, Andy. We're going to big places. Yeah, we're going. We're going. We're going to try to get there. Um, no matter how how we get there, we're going to get there. That's going to be that's that face. I'm going to try to zoom in on that, and then we're going to get that that face you just did. So it's good. It's all fun, and uh, again, part of the process for us as well. Um, so moving on um, to this part of the show, this week's show on episode number five, we are previewing the offensive line and the safety position. Um, this is, I think, highly anticipated for Andy likes a lot of the safeties, I believe. And of course, me being an offensive line, um, guy, I like, I obviously love this stuff. So, um, what are some, some things, Andy, that you see out of, uh, we'll do the offensive line first. What are some things you see out of that group? Uh, anything you want to touch on specifically with that group? Well, I definitely compare to previous years. It's not a particularly deep class. You might not get many starters. And another key aspect of this class is there's not that one true stud left tackle prospect you can plug in day one, like Ronnie Stanley, and just have him protect your blind side. Uh, you know, Garrett Bowles could be that guy, but there's not really a stud prospect. And uh, offensive line play is certainly down, as you know, in the league. So that could yeah. certainly impact teams with a shallow class. Definitely. Absolutely. I agree with that. It's definitely not the deepest class. Uh, I think one of the biggest knocks and criticisms I have on this class, um, and I think it gets like this more and more every year with offensive tackles, is we have the need to want to move these guys to guard right away. Um, and I think if you look at the league, we're lacking offensive tackles and, and good ones at that. So the, the thing right away is, oh, move him into guard. He has short arms, move him into guard. He, whatever the case may be, everyone's like, oh, just move him to guard. Like it's the be-all, end-all fix. And it's, sometimes it's really not. And I think guys are better off with, listen, this is what they're getting into the league for. I understand you want to move some guys around, but, you know, every receiver, you're not like, oh, we'll move him to tight end. You know what I mean? So it just seems to be like that one position. Uh, and now even more so, I think, with guards, swinging into center they're like oh maybe he could play center but i guess the part of the more you can do philosophy to get on a team uh plays into that as well so uh, it'll be interesting so without further ado little rankings now do you want to do offensive line as a whole andy or should we do tackles and guards or maybe talk a little bit about both uh, we could chime in on both but i think uh ranking the five best linemen in this class would suffice Sure. Suffice. I like it. Suffice. That was good. That's a first. Um, all right. So go ahead. You got number number five. We start at one. Okay. All right. We'll go. We'll go. We'll go up now. Wait. Don't we start at one usually? Uh, yeah, we do. <laughs> it's, it's all right. Everybody. It's a weird show. It's uh, Thursday. Tomorrow's Friday. <laughs> Thursday, Thursday. All right. So, uh, I, my number one offensive line uh, prospect was very close between the top two, but uh, I'm going Garrett Bowles one. Just a great athlete. I think he's ready day one at left tackle. Uh, just an all-around prospect. His only knock really is his age. He's turning 25. Right. But uh, if you're getting a great player on the offensive line, age really shouldn't be a factor. It's not like a receiver, like a position like receiver, running back, where age might factor in more in your decision. So I have Bulls one. Yeah, I agree. I think it's a funny uh, knock on him. I think a lot of people have that knock on him. Um, in my opinion, though, I mean, you know what? Like, you're getting a more experienced player. And, okay, so he finishes his rookie deal out at 29. Who cares? 
You know what I mean? Like, yeah, is that it's not really that old. I mean, um, that's at max 29. If they pick up his fifth year option and whatever team he get goes on. But yeah, I'm with you. Garrett Bowles for me is the number one um prospect. Um he's kind of like a late riser in the process, I guess you could say, and he keeps rising. Um, I really like what he had to say at the combine. He said he's, he's you know, obviously loves to be a mauler, physical guy. Um, I think he could play at right tackle and left tackle. Um, I like the way he utilizes his ability to be a puller. Um, he's just a physical mauler. I think he definitely reminds me of the mentality of like a Joe Staley, um, which is actually a guy he trains with. Uh, so that uh, obviously that apple doesn't fall too far from the tree there. Uh, so that's interesting with Garrett Bowles, and I would agree with that as well. Uh, number one. So number two. So now for number two. Yeah. Definitely, I would say one of the more polarizing prospects in the entire draft is uh, Cameron Robinson out of Alabama. Mm-hmm. Now, what you're getting here is an athletic player who, at times, his tape versus Miles Garrett, he stood him up. Yeah. That's. That's what made me a big fan of his game. Now, I've read stuff that you could attest to this more, that his length is not ideal for tackle, and he might have to move inside a guard. But I think you're getting a guy with high upside, although he was an inconsistent player. But he definitely has – he might he probably has the highest upside of any line in the draft, and I think he's certainly a good fit for multiple teams, whether it shift him inside guard or right tackle, maybe even left tackle. Yeah, I think with, with him um... – this is interesting. So he has a 35 and a half inch arm, which isn't that bad. It's not terrible for tackle. I mean, at the end of the day, he's six foot six. I mean, I don't know what more people want out of a tackle. I mean, sometimes being too tall at tackle can hurt you, kind of like Connor McDermott, who is from UCLA, who he doesn't have enough bend and people get under him. So sometimes, again, you know, you talk about overanalyzation of players. It's a little weird. Um, I really like Cam Robinson's tape. I think, like you said, for me, one and two, he was very close. Cam Robinson was a top five uh, recruit coming out of uh, high school, excuse me, in Conan, Alabama. Had some off-the-field trouble. That, but that, to me, would be the only thing that would keep me away from him. Um, you're right. The Miles Garrett tape is um, is very good, really, really good, especially for Miles Garrett. Um, but he's a physical guy. He, he's Definitely, he he brings the he brings the pop. Um, some of the things that like scare me about his game is you know obviously just his. Um, I don't. I wonder if it's just like his his feet are pretty decent. His technique is pretty good, but his feet are a little weird, and I think it creates him some trouble with being off balance. Um, and I I sometimes see um, just the inconsistencies with his. You know how they say like a motor for defensive linemen? Yep. Uh, I would say his offensive line motor. Like, so I think sometimes he can get discouraged. He could give up and then kind of like mentally check out, which is kind of a problem. Um, but I, I did see him get up to the second level really well at times. Um, yeah, and I think honestly for me, just just the inconsistencies with certain things – uh, maybe he'll come off his block too soon, um, but yeah, I mean he has all the he has the framework. Um, I think I think he's actually a really good prospect. I just think um, people will knock him a little bit more consistently because he's from Alabama, um, and you haven't really got a good tackle prospect out of there. Uh, DJ Fluker was kind of a bust. Um, I'm sorry, the Quanjo brothers. The, right. Exactly. Uh, was it CJ and Cyrus, right? Or Cyrus and Ari? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Quanjo. I mean, obviously, he was, a, I think, a third, fourth round guy. Um, but honestly, you know, with Cam, you know, I think he, I think he'll be a safe pick. I think he'll end up being a, a decent, at least at, at worst, I think he'll be a decent offensive lineman. Um, but the potential is there for him to be a Pro Bowl offensive lineman. Definitely. High prospect, high talent mm-hmm. player. And yep. Then, uh, my third lineman, I think there's a fall off after that. Yep. But uh, you go with the safe pick. I've seen him mock very high for a guard. 
contact, but a forest lamp in Kentucky. Just a complete player. Uh, he'll be ready day one to make an impact. I, it's a whether you think he can be a Zach Martin type guard. Right. He'll be a very good guard. And that's uh, – you can speak more about lineman play particularly, but it all depends. If he can be an elite guard, you'll draft him high. But if he's if he's just an above-average guard, then he's not worth a first-round pick. Right. Yeah, I, I think that's a, a definitely a fair assessment. Obviously, he has short arms. I think he, at the combine, was 32 and a quarter arms. That's really short. Um, I think that was even shorter than Zach Martin. Um, but I will say his benefits in his game is he's a really good bender um, to get leverage. He could run the hoop. Uh, now, what that means for people who aren't familiar uh, is when defensive linemen do drills, a lot of times they have a big hoop that they um, will bend around and they basically run around like they're chasing, um, you know, chasing something. Uh, so basically what he does is he really – well, if he ever gets beat, he does a really good job at getting the guy outside the hoop and uh, stopping the path to the quarterback. Uh, that's a big, you know, positive to his game. Uh, I agree. I think he could come in start right away. Um, because of his good use of leverage, he's a technician, and he, he does a good job with his hands. Um, the biggest thing to teach offensive linemen is mind, feet, hands, hips, in that order. So, of course, it's a mental game. Um, your feet, your hands, then your hips. And I think he does a really good job of all those, um, but his only knock is really his size and his frame is a little undersized. Um, 309, 6'4", you know, that'll be a guard. Um, you know, and I don't know if maybe due to his size, he, he'll struggle with pushing guys, you know, digging guys out of the hole, you know, underneath uh, at guard. But again, if he's it's consistent with his bend and gets a you know powerful punch, he'll be okay. Um, but yeah, there definitely is a drop off, and I'm not as high as like people are with him being like a top 10, 15 pick, which I've seen. Um, I don't know how you feel about that. Yeah, he's not Brandon Schroff or Zach Martin, in my opinion. Right, I mean, he's not, you know, I mean, he's quick. He Actually, I will say 34 reps in the bench is pretty good for a guy at 300 pounds. Um, but some people had him at sub 300. I mean, we're talking like 295. And that, that's a red flag. Yeah, I mean, that's, you know, I don't know. Maybe some numbers are inflated. You know what I mean? So the, the nature of the guide position, especially as a Patriots fan, Offensive line was a disaster in 2015, and a third-round rookie and a fourth-round second-year player in Mason and Thune turned our line around. At guard, right. you can get starters in the mid-rounds. So it's just it's a value thing. Yep. Me. Yep. I will say that. And, uh, yeah, so I think Forrest Lamp is a is a definitely a, a technician who runs his feet, good hands, good hips, and that's what I have to say about him. So then at four, Ryan Ramzik out of Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. Uh, I see him as like a second round guy. I know he's been first in a lot of marks. I just see an inconsistent player. I know he has the tools and the size, but uh, his game worries me, especially because Wisconsin, they come from a power offense where all they do is they just want to run down your throat, yep. obliterate you. And yep. uh, Havenstein was the last tackle driver from there on the Rams. He's yeah. done well in, I think, the run game, but I think he struggled in pass protection. So, uh just from the system he comes from, I'm not sure in this NFL where it's pass happy, if he could be an effective left tackle. Yeah, I think his biggest thing and his problem is he's six foot six, but he has short arms. He has thirty three and, and three quarters arms, which for a guy who's six six, it's a little weird. Especially so, I think for him that reach will be a problem. And like you said, he's a power guy. He has a really good punch because he's used to. Um, providing the power in the run game. But sometimes I wonder if that will hurt his – I don't want to say like athleticism. Like he's not going to be like a quick twitch offensive tackle. Um, and I think it's weird because he, he does a really good job in the run game, like you said, but he gets like too upright in the pass game, which is strange for a guy who – maybe because he's the taller of the of the bunch at six foot six, but – he needs to do a little bit better of a job at uh, staying lower and in the pass game. Um, but I have seen him do a good job at recovering. So he'll get – he'll stand up, get bull rushed, but his feet and his hands, he re-anchors really well. 
and he's able to um, to kind of recover at times. But at the next level, that will really come back to haunt him because he won't be able to recover off a guy like J.J. Watt. Um, but that's just my opinion. Yeah, and then the pass rushers are getting faster and faster. And I just I think speed rushes like Vic Beasley or Von Miller could really spin this guy, which they can spin most linemen. But that's that's a big worry. Yeah, and and I think. You know, another point on Ramstrick, which I have to say, which a lot of people are worried about, is he he had just a shoulder surgery, uh, and he only played one year of big-time D1 football. He was a JUCO transfer. So there's a little bit of that aspect to it uh, as well. Um, but, you know, I'm sure that stuff, you know, that stuff's not like a – you didn't like need, like, reconstructive, like, knee surgery or shoulder. So, I mean, but at the end of the day, um, I think he'll be – my he'll go in the first round. He should go in the early to mid second round. Agreed. There. That's my my take on him. Yeah. So then my fifth lineman, uh, a guy which interesting for really for a lineman caught my eye at the combine. He was the second smoothest guy, the quickness speed wise in the um, agility drills, which was uh, Taylor Moton out of uh, Western Michigan, and uh, he reminds me of Rock. A discount version of Cam Robinson. Uh, I see a guy who can definitely handle tackle as a handling the speed guys. I'm not sure on his power, like base and all that, and especially in the run game. But I think for a late second, third round tackle, especially in a shallow draft, I think he's worth taking based on his upside. And I know you have questions about him. Yeah, I don't really like him. Um, mm, this is this is a hard one because he. When I watched his film, he seemed very stiff, actually. I know you said he's smooth, maybe in the drills. He just seemed very stiff to me. Um, he, like, reached outside, like, with his hands. Now, when you punch, you're supposed to punch in here, in the framework of the body. He was very outside with his hands, um, which I wasn't a big, like, fan of because, um, obviously, that will get you killed. And then another thing I said to you when I was watching his film, which I realized – was he's a big waist bender. He doesn't bend at the hips and the knees. He bends at his waist. And that leaning over will kill you against power rushers, speed rushers, um, whatever. Um, and I I kind of wondered with his stiff game if he can be a, a lateral player at the, at the offensive line position, at the tackle spot. Because not only does he have to set the depth, but at times he'll have to set the width. I mean, uh, the width of the pocket's obviously set by the interior, but there's going to be times where he'll have to, you know, get out there and reach a wide nine or even on a run blocking. And sometimes I wonder if that part of his game will struggle. So that's just the criticisms I have on him. Um, I agree with you. I still think he's like a second, third round guy. Um, but he'll be a guard. I think he'll be a guard. I think a, a good offensive line coach with him puts him at guard and coaches him up and f- cleans that stuff up. Do you so, have five or do you have somebody else? I do not. I have um, a Temple guy at five, uh, Dion Dawkins. Um, my my reason for this is Dion Dawkins. Um, I I don't think he's gonna go in the first two rounds. I think he'll be like a third round guy. He may sneak in the late second. Um, but Deion Dawkins is going to start right away. I think it will at least compete for a job in the NFL. I really do. Um, he is a mauler in the run game. Um, very strong, big upper body. You know, th- he's just big all around, honestly. Um, and for a big guy, I think his positives are that he's very balanced. Um, he's not just like a, a fat guy. Like I don't want to say like he's just like a fat, huge ma- mammoth. Um, but he doesn't, what's that? Not like Ken. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, you know, nothing about that, but I I think there are definitely, um, a little bit of negatives to his game being so big again, like Moten, he can be stiff at times. Um, and his hips can be, um, his hip mobility lacks a little bit. Um, but you know, he's six, four, with 35 arms and about 320. So that, to me, at 35-inch arms, I mean, we're talking bigger than some tackles in this. Um, So that's going to be a positive for him. Uh, If he just cleans up a little bit of his, you know, if he gets a little bit more 
lean. Uh, helps out his hip mobility. Uh, I think he's going to be a really good, um, a really good player in the NFL. Um, you know, because Temple put out some good players over the past couple of years. You know, and offensively they can run power, man, zone. So they on the offensive line they can, um, you know, he can block up anything. I think technique wise in the uh, in the league. So I, I like Deion Dawkins. I think not a lot of people know about him or uh, appreciate his game, but uh, I'm a fan. Those Temple players, they're cranking out some talent recently. Yeah, Temple's. Uh, hey, I mean Hassan Reddick, top five pick. Incredible. Some people. No, I'm just kidding. So now for the safety rankings. Yes. Uh, without further ado, my number one safety and probably maybe my third or fourth best player in the draft, Malik Hooker, Ohio State. Incredible speed, change of direction, range. He's pretty much your ideal center, center field safety in the NFL. Thomas, Devin McCourty. I think you plug him in day one, starter, could win rookie of the year. Just a ball hawk, too. He's in college. Uh, not as good as in run support, definitely, as Earl Thomas. So, I don't like that comparison perfectly. But uh, right. odds are he could be an all-pro free safety within years to come. And if I'm the Titans, I'd jump on that easily. Yeah, I agree with the Titans there, especially. Um, one thing I, I agree with all your points. One thing that scares me about him, <clears throat> excuse me, is his change of direction is a little weird. Uh, I think he, because uh, I think because of his length, um, that can slow him down, and his speed isn't like a hundred percent for a guy. But he's a little taller. He's a little lanky guy. Um, played only one year really at Columbus in Columbus in, with Ohio State. Um, but he's he's my second guy. Um, yeah, and I'll I'll touch on him next. But my first guy is Jamal Adams. Uh, I think a lot of people will have those two interchangeable. Um, Adams to me is just a, a stud. I mean, I love his film. He's all over the place, man. He's quick, twitch, safety. He'll come down, hit. He, I think his recognition is really good. His instincts are really good at that spot. Uh, I think he warrants a top five pick, um, hard nosed player. Again, he's just – and I think, honestly, I think a lot of people say, well, he's more in the box safety, but I think he could cover just as, go, uh, just as good. I mean, he'll obviously be a strong safety, but he's not going to be like, a, oh, well, we'll convert him to an outside linebacker or, oh, we'll bring in our third guy and put him down in the box. I think he can live with being a better coverage guy. You know, I mean, look at like Landon Collins. His biggest knock coming out was he's just an in-the-box safety um, and for anyone who says it about Jamal Adams, they're wrong because he's a, still a really good cover guy. He's just not the single high cover guy that Malik Hooker is. So, completely agree. I think both are stars. Yeah, I, I just lean Hooker slightly just because of the position he plays, center field safety. Right. So, uh, Adams, just like you said, awesome leader. This guy will definitely come in, get the defense all. Fired. Yeah, he's a dog. He's a dog. You know, in a good way. Physical, quick pursuit, hide hitter. And another thing I saw I really like about his game, you pointed out, he can cover the slot like a corner, which that's a, that's a big plus on nickel downs. Can get another free safety up there. LSU is DBU, man. Incredible. And uh, I think his comparison is uh, Adrian Wilson back in the day with the Cardinals. Okay. Just a guy, huge, lead, awesome leader, guy that will light the truck stick out of people and can still have coverage ability. Two awesome safeties in this class. Can't go wrong with either. I respect that. Um, I think you may jump through the computer when I give you my pro comparison of Jamal Adams. Uh, it's Ronnie Lott. Again, I don't think he's – obviously, again, with our pro comparisons, it doesn't necessarily mean that he's going to get turn into that. But his style of play is a lot like Ronnie Lott. Um, could do a little bit of both. And I think, in my estimation, the NFL has gone too much into – um, in the box safety or like a, a single high. I, I, there's no safety who can quote unquote do it both now, right? There's like one or the other. And I think Jamal Adams is a guy who can do it, uh, do both things, cover and and come down on the box. So I think that that value has him over Hooker. Now for me, Hooker is two. 
because I said like his his speed for a center field guy isn't all there for me, and his change of directions a little um, questionable at times. Um, but I mean, again, he has sick anticipation, ball hawk, um, center field guy, and I think again, you know, you talk about the the Titans, you know, over there at the fifth spot in the draft. That's a guy that, you know, you picked up a corner in free agency in Logan Ryan, and, you know, we talked about maybe they need another corner as well, but they desperately need a guy over there at safety. Um, and uh, having a guy that's single high in that defense would really help them out a ton. So I agree. Um, Lee Cooker, it is very close, like we both just said, but um, I like Jamal Adams a little bit more. And then uh, for the third safety, I like a lot of other positions this draft. Once you get to the third guy, there's a big fall off. Yeah, but uh, definitely, as we'll say, it's a deep class. Uh, Buddha Baker out of uh, blanking Washington, right? Yes, Washington. Yes, Buddha. Yeah. And uh, at one point, like, I thought it was butter. Slightly so. undersized safety, but uh, reminds me of you know Matthew out of the Cardinals. Just can play the slot, coverage guy, um, physical, not the best tackler, but uh, I think again a safe player at the next level. Uh, his size could hurt him, but I definitely, uh, I definitely like him above other safeties that are getting mocked above him. Yeah, I think for him, um, Buda Baker, obviously, he reminds me of. Do you remember Jeremy Cash out of Duke? Yep. Uh, what's that? Went to the Panthers undrafted. Yes, uh, similar player in that aspect. He's really. Really fast and explosive coming down in the box. I think, obviously, like you said, he's undersized. Um, but I think his just his speed alone is really good too, um, which helps him, you know, come down and make tackles. And I think he can hit. Um, of course, again, very undersized, very average tackler, um, and his speed coming down into the box off the edge can hurt him because I think his he gets like too excited um a little too uh eager uh but he's a very passionate guy coming from a good program again they've put out some good d-backs over the past couple years um but I think he'll be a safe pick and I think he can uh contribute I do I am scared though with him I think if he doesn't pan out he'll be like really bad if that makes sense like, of course, if any guy doesn't pan out, he won't pan out. But I just I think once you lose him, he's gone kind of thing. Um, but I think, you know, he's got, he's a very passionate player, and I think that will keep him around for sure. So, uh, yeah, he's my number third guy as well. My fourth my fourth uh, safety, I just got around watching him a few weeks ago. Uh, he's been a late riser. Is uh, Josh Jones, North Carolina, NC State safety. Like you said with uh, Jamal Adams, he's not Jamal Adams, but he's a complete safety. You see him at single high. You see him in the box. Awesome run defender. I like his attitude. He's, he flies in there, uh, plays corner. And I just I definitely like that out of a player when he can play corner, deep safety, strong safety. Uh, not particularly elite in any area per se, but definitely a day one starter. Uh, I like him in the late first, early second. And uh, if we had a first-round pick, I could definitely see Belichick liking him. Similar to Davis, Sean Davis, out of uh, yep. the Steelers last year out of Maryland. Yep, out of uh, Maryland. Yeah, I agree. I, You know what's so funny you said that because he's, he's on my list as well. Um, and I'm really – I didn't think you were going to have him. I didn't even know you knew about him. <laughs> so I'm excited. I'm really happy. I saw him at the Combine. Um and I said, and I looked at like his drills, and he was so smooth, um, and he was so fluid, and he's a big guy, he's a big, pretty big kid. Another plus. Um, what's that? Another plus. Another plus, right? And I think, again, I watched his film as well. He's good play recognition. Um, pretty sure tackler, I'd say. Uh, he may be a little, um. Not too big, but again, I think he makes up for it with his uh, ability to move for a bigger, you know, guy. I think he's a little taller. Um, who else? I think Daniel Jeremiah. Daniel Jeremiah uh, tweeted this a couple weeks ago, and I tweeted back at him and I said, "I 100% agree. Like, I I love this kid, and I'm so happy that 
uh, other people see it too. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm with you, man. I, the NC State guy, um, he's he's up there for me as well. So that's good call by you. Yeah, definitely tell the audience to check out his uh, film on YouTube versus uh, Njoku. He uh he covered him pretty well. Yeah. And, uh, and then uh for the fist safety, this guy is another huge wildcat in this draft. People have him. Some people have him safety one. Incredibly. Uh, Jabril wow. Uh, Michigan. Not not a lot to inform the viewer. Just an incredible athlete, but doesn't really have a position at Michigan. He's rushing the passer, playing linebacker. And uh, I question his coverage ability, especially deep. I just – I personally – I don't see, like, a certain role for him at the next level. And uh, he certainly has the mind – alpha male mentality and athleticism to translate, but he's a project to me. And uh, in a deep draft like this, it's tough to justify that. So he'll be overdraft in my opinion, but I wouldn't put it past him to develop. Yeah, it's it's really interesting with him. I mean, at 5'11", 215, um, he's a really interesting guy. I think his he, – he, uh, he's the biggest question mark to me in this draft which is crazy for, for a sure thing, first-round pick. Um, it wouldn't surprise me, though, if he fell this day two, just because people are almost like, I don't know, where is he going to play? You know what I mean? And I think um, the biggest question with him was his his ball production. Like his, you know, doesn't have that many interceptions, doesn't really play the ball all that well. For a guy who's like a punt returner and, a you know, plays offense and can do it all, whatever, he really doesn't do it that much on defense. Um, Again, I, I really think that his strength and you're going to get his most maximized performance is out of a team who would use him in almost that third safety in the box role all the time, though. Like you'd have to play him there almost all the time. Uh, basically play like a nickel with him being that third linebacker but still able to cover. So it's a little weird because you're going to play that all the time. You know, you're going to play nickel every down, and then you're going to take a slot corner out of the, the spot and put him in there? Not realistic. Right. So it's 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 weird. You know, I think he's got to – he's either got to find a perfect fit or kind of change his game, honestly. Definitely. And but he's I, got that Deion Sanders mentality. I think he'll get it done. So. That's why I'm high. I'm just relying on his mentality and athleticism to get it done. But pure safety, he would be – He'd be pretty down this list. A couple yeah. other guys, since the safety position is so deep, we can yeah. just chat about a little bit. Justin Evans, AM. Yep. Great athlete. He wants to kill people. Yeah, he's a freak. Dante Whitner style. I like him in the second round. Marcus May, Florida. Yep, Florida. Yeah, Florida. exactly. Marcus May, yep. Little little less version of Josh Jones in that sense. Uh, a deep guy, Kay Nakua out of uh, BYU. He – uh. Had a 39-inch vert, 4-5 at his pro day. I watched him on online. Made a lot of plays. Uh, he's, like, way down this sixth, seventh round. Any uh, sleepers, guys outside the top five that you're interested in? Uh, yeah. Um, Marcus Williams from Utah. Uh, he's an interesting guy. He's about 6-1, 202. You know, that's a pretty big size. I, You know, they've put out some pretty decent NFL DBs. You know, Eric Weddle, um, Eric Rowe, um, your boy. Uh, so, yeah, I've, I've watched his game. He's, you know, pretty pretty interesting. Um, Obi Melifonwu, again, you know, talk about intriguing. Uh, UConn kid who I think could just be a gym rat and a combine stud. Um, he's so confusing for me. He is. He's, again, another one of those guys where he's usually – what is he, 6'4", right? 6'4", 230, and runs like a 4'4 with a 40-inch vert. Right. Uh, athlete in the draft, but I have him like safety 8, 9 right now just because all the other players I think could be day one starters. And this guy, he, or another wild card, can you convert a, an athlete? Taylor Mays didn't quite work out. I uh, ran like a 4'2'8", but then Byron Jones out of the same school, UConn, he worked out. Right. To an extent. To an extent. Right. But, uh, it's a tricky pick. He's been marked in the first. I don't know how yep. you feel about value. Uh, I mean, I don't think I would take him at that value. Um, I don't think he warrants a first-round pick. But 
I definitely think he's a second round caliber player. I don't know. Like I, I, the first thing when I first heard about the hype for him, put on his film, half his film was like practice highlights. I was like, you have to be kidding me. You know? So I don't know. Interesting. Um, I don't know. Any other um, offensive line guys that you uh, were thinking about also? Yeah. One, uh, one deep sleeper, like uh, shout out to the Pats fan form for pointing this out. And uh, I dug into it was uh, Max Rich out of Harvard. Wow. Uh, watched a little of him, but uh, I like how he's 6'7 and ran a 7.2 like, three cone. Wow. So clearly this, this guy can move. Yeah. And, uh, he has the size. Clearly level of competition is a problem, but for a fifth to seventh round t- tackle, and you know he's got to be smart. Yeah. So I like him in the deep rounds. I'm not sold on, uh, you mentioned it earlier, McDermott. Yeah. He's too tall without the power. He's going to, like, get tipped over. Yeah, he – exactly. He reminds me of a guy who was, like, maybe a converted tight end. Um, right. Yeah, exactly. I, I like um, Dorian Johnson from Pitt. Uh, you know, you saw what that offense did uh, against Clemson and John, uh, James Conner. Um, of course, you know, great story with him. Another guy that I uh, like is Ethan Posick from LSU. Um, they tend to put out pretty good offensive linemen in a pro-style system, so he'll know how to block that. Uh, John Toth from Kentucky, the center. Um, I really, really, really like Pat Elflin from Ohio State. Um, again, that's another group of guys who are always coached up really well. He's a technician. Um, you know, again – any guy who'll give you good technique and who'll give you blocking into the whistle and just, you know, that to me, that's like, that's the number one thing for offensive linemen, um, blue collar guy. Uh, and then another guy at the tackle position who I'm looking forward to seeing is uh, Julian Davenport from Bucknell. Um, he obviously lacks some, some size on him as far as strength is concerned, but his physical stature obviously does not lack size. Um, I think you you give him, he's a developmental guy, um, but I do think he'd be able to start in year two or three. So he's not like a developmental guy that warrants like a six-round pick. And, you know, I think you take him, he's your swing tackle this year. You get him in the weight room one, two years, and I think he could start right away uh, if he cleans the uh, the power stuff up in his game. Um, but, yeah, he's an intriguing prospect. I think it's six foot six, six foot seven. Um He's got the got the body, so. Yeah, draft definitely has a fair share of linemen that could develop in a few right. years. It's a matter of we did two different positions today, and it's amazing the difference. Safety might have seven to eight day one starters. Offensive line, would it shock you if Robinson's on the bench week one? Like no, Ramzik. Like these, honestly, only Bowles and Lamb could start day one. Like. Right. And again, you know what's funny about that is even with that said, you know, you put him on you put Garrett Bowles on the Giants, there's no guarantee he's gonna start. Oh, you know, true. put Garrett Bowles on the Pats, there's still no guarantee he's gonna start. Um you know, I, I think that's that's an interesting point about this offensive line group as far as the top guys are concerned. Uh, I think Cam Robinson, a spot that he'd go right away that he'd start is the Seahawks. Um, I love those athletic linemen. Well, they try offensive linemen and tackles. How about they try offensive linemen? Right. Who? Yeah. Right. Who's not a converted, somewhat other position? Um, crazy to me. And then uh, another guy I know you want to touch on who may play safety at the next level, who is not a safety, he's a corner, is um, last year's. Uh, defensive back, top defensive back in the country, which was Des King, Desmond King. Definitely. Uh, personally, we'll do. Uh, we'll finish up our rankings next week with corners, and I see him as a corner. And uh, but for the purpose of this video, uh, f- he just ran his four five, which was huge for him his pro day because his biggest question is in speed. But besides that, three cone, I think he was top three at the position, six seven. Belichick loves that. Uh, just. Amazing in zone coverage, impressive instincts, tackles like a safety, looks like a safety. He's five, he's a shade of five ten or below, but he's like I think he's two hundred five pounds. Compare that to Sidney Jones, who's like six one, one seventy eight. 
the guy's built like a safety, but I think he's similar to Logan Ryan in the sense that a physical a physical corner who can play the slot and the outside might need safety help on certain receivers just because lack of speed. He could convert the safety, but uh, he's definitely one of my steals in this draft. And if a team drafts him at safety, uh, he could develop there, but I would definitely try him at corner first. Okay, interesting. Yeah, I know you were high on him, so give you a chance to speak on him. Um, we have to still do outside linebackers as well on the show, inside linebackers on the show, and corners on the show. So this was a good, um, good double show in a way um, to kind of get us – those next couple shows that will take us probably right up into the draft. So good timing by us. Completely planned. Completely planned. I don't know. Since day one. Don't Since forget one. the kickers. Punters are people too. That's right. That's, hey, you know what? That may be like a, a draft day special. Like a, hey, we didn't forget. <laughs> we didn't forget. We'll get McAfee on the show. Yeah, that'd be great. That'll, that, what a legend. Pat McAfee now Barstool, uh, Barstool Indy. So interesting stuff. So, Again, that's going to do it for us this week. Um, thank you again to Matthias McKinnon, running back from Wagner, for joining the program. And that's our O-line and safeties uh, preview for the draft, 2017 draft. And we are about 27 days away, I believe. Yep, four weeks. One, yeah, so that's it. four weeks from today. That's right. Any uh, closing words, Andy? Uh, you know, the excitement's starting to build. Curious still what's up with Malcolm Butler. But, uh, you know, hopefully some resolution soon. We can get the box in, get hyped for the draft. And uh, the cornerback episode will definitely be interesting because it's loaded. But everyone has a different opinion, it seems. So stay tuned for that. Yeah, corner is absolutely loaded. That'll be a fun, fun show. We'll have a lot to discuss. Um, maybe even do like a top ten for corners. That'll be interesting. Let's do it. Um, all right, so exciting. That'll wrap this week, and uh, we'll see you guys next week. Rough Draft Podcast. Peace out. Signing out.